Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marla must have been important to him. She certainly was. 
More important than his wife. Mrs. Spurlow, you are his wife. And what I'm trying to find out is... What was I? Just somebody to clean the house, raise the kids, cook. I was the one who had to handle the money. Please, Mrs. Spurlow. Not that he ever brought home any real money. Mrs. Spurlow, are you sure there were other women? How could there not be other women? Well, that doesn't quite answer the question. There must have been other women. I'm only asking. How do you know? No, a woman knows. But you've never seen him with another woman. I didn't have to. But you have no evidence of another woman? What evidence do I need? A man leaves the house after supper every night. Where are you going, I ask? Out, he answers. He comes home after midnight. And you're trying to tell me it isn't other women. Mr. Arthur Davis, attorney at large, reads on the card. Hey, what can I do for you, Mr. Davis? I represent Howard Spurlow. Poor Howard did he spend much of his time here in your bar, Mr. Downey? I would say he spent all of his time here. That is the time he could spare from his work and his sleep. What kind of a man would you say Howard Spurlow is? Well, I tell you this in strictest confidence, Mr. Davis, and you must keep my secret. I don't know what kind of man he is. Well, how is that possible? He spent so much of his time here. Ah, bartenders are supposed to be keen students of character, Mr. Davis, but that isn't true. We never see the real character. People who spend their time in saloons are seeking a new identity. Uh, do, you, do you follow this? Um, I'm not sure. Sheep come in here and pretend to be wolves. But you know they're only sheep. Yes, but I don't know what kind of sheep. Oh, your glass is empty here. Oh, thank you. Now, the murder, it took place in here. Ah, yes, it did, well, how did it happen? Well, they were down at the far end of the bar, you see. They were talking as usual. Well, what do you mean by as usual? Well, you see, for months, each of them would come in here. Howard Spurlow and this um, Mr. Gordon. Yes, that's right. Well, what did you know about Mr. Gordon? Oh, he was a quiet gentleman, about 60, maybe. He would come in at about nine of an evening, drink and chat amiably with Howard Spurlow until about midnight, and then each would go his separate way. What would they talk about? Art. Howard Spurlow is an artist, you know. Oh, yes. What is called a, a commercial artist. He draws labels for tomato cans and the like. Well, they appear to be very friendly. Oh, oh yes. Did they have an argument that night? They would have an argument every night. Everybody argues in this place. That's what it's for. What did um, Spurlow and Mr. Gordon argue about on this particular night? Boy, I don't know, Mr. Davis. I suppose art, as usual... Yes. And then, all of a sudden, there was a pistol in Spurlow's hand. And before anyone could realize it, he had fired at Mr. Gordon, and Mr. Gordon fell dead to the floor. Just like that. And Howard wouldn't say why he killed him? No, no, he wouldn't say why he killed him. I asked. I said, Howard, my boy, what have you done this deed for? And he just placed the pistol down in the bar and said... You'd better call the police. Uh, Mr. Downey, would you know who Marla is? Marla? Yeah, have you ever heard that name? Marla, Marla, no. no. Did he ever talk about other women? Oh, he wasn't that kind. How can you say that? Mr. Davis, if he were of the type that pursued women other than his wife, 
Why would he spend all his time in a saloon? <laughs> you, oh, your, your glass is empty. Your trial begins tomorrow, Mr. Spurlow. Now, please, listen to what I'm saying. I'm listening. Tomorrow, we go into the courtroom. I have no defense. Neither have I. If only you would tell me why you killed him, I would have a motive. If only you would tell me who Marla is, I would have an insight. If only... Oh, you're a thousand miles away again. If only I could get you to realize... If only, if only, if only, what does he want? What do they all want? I killed Jeremy Gordon in front of 16 witnesses. The thing is beyond dispute. Punish me, execute me, incarcerate me, doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore. Tell me why you killed him. Tell me who Marla is. And if I told you, would you believe me? Would you understand? Nobody could hope to understand what happened the night I met Jeremy Gordon for the first time. Uh, is this place taken? Oh, I don't think so. Well, 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 what will it be tonight, Mr. Gordon? Do you have Bach? One Bach coming up. You okay, Howard? Oh, I'm fine. Maybe you two gentlemen ought to know one another. Uh, Mr. Gordon, this is Mr. Spurlow. He's, he's an artist. Mr. Spurgle, this is Mr. Gordon. He's a poet. Well, well I'm not really an artist. <laughs> you, you were saying, Mr. Spurgle? Well, I'm not really an artist. Just, you know, a, a commercial artist. I do lettering, layout, that kind of thing. Well, I'm not a poet either. I teach at community college. I have classes in poetry. Do you write any? No. Why not? All the time for that is gone. The time? Can't you write poetry at any time? No. Only when the blood is racing. Huh. Well, it's been nice talking to you. You, uh, you didn't care for that remark. Why? I didn't say I did. Poetry is not for the old. Well, many poets wrote when they were old. But they didn't write the way they did when they were young. Well, perhaps not. But they still wrote beautifully. Ah, but they wrote a different kind of poetry. It belongs to the mind, not the heart. Only the young can write with passion and fire. Well, I'm not sure I would agree. It's a physiological thing. As I said, it has to do with how the blood races when you're young. That's when I should have written. When I was young. Why didn't you? I, uh, I didn't listen to the muses. Muses. Those mythical goddesses of creativity who inspire us, assuming they exist. So why didn't you listen to them? Because I was too busy listening to other voices. Who? Oh, probably the same ones you're listening to. A wife, a landlord, an orthodontist, a butcher, a grocer. <laughs> they speak very loudly, don't they? Yes, they do. Meanwhile, instead of writing poetry, we teach it. And instead of painting pictures, we... We make circles and letters. Yes. And we always say, one day. One day. One day we shall escape from the trap, break out of the cage. And when that day comes, do you know what we find out? What? That the trap had never been sprung. The cage had never even been locked. We've been free to leave at any time. Well, that isn't true. We ourselves have been our own jailers. We've been free to leave whenever we want to. I don't agree with that. You know why we didn't? We were afraid to be free. 
We were comfortable in our captivity. Well, now, how did we get off on this moody subject? Please, uh, let me buy you a drink, will you, Mr. Downey? Two over here. Uh, there's a lot to what you say. How, uh, how old are you? Forty. Oh, that's not old. Oh, it feels old. That's how old Gogang was. Yeah, Gogang. Imagine, there he was, cashier in a Paris bank, a Sunday painter, a very middle-class bourgeois gentleman. And suddenly, he walked away from it all and went to the South Seas and spent the rest of his life as an artist. I know that. You could do the same thing. A man has responsibilities. To whom? To what? His wife. His children. Ah, yes, and then one day his life is over, and what of his responsibility to himself, to his art? Not all painters make a living. Some of them starve. But they paint, which is all they were ever meant to do. You've already said it. You you find yourself in a cage. But it isn't locked. Even so, how do you get out? You know. I don't know. Oh, you know very well. You know what to say. And you know to whom to say it. How did he know? It was true. I knew what I wanted to say. I'd wanted to say it for 15 years, but I didn't. I couldn't. Well, I would. I would say it before it became too late. I would say it to her the very next morning. All my life, I wanted to paint. Well, who stopped you? Who stopped me? Who stopped you from painting pictures when you get home at night? Who stopped you from painting pictures on a Saturday or Sunday? Well, that's not painting. No. Painting is something you have to do all the time. I just want to paint. Paint what? I want to set up an easel right now. A canvas right now. And I want to paint right now. Oh. Well, right now, I don't see how you can swing it. You have to go to work. I don't want to go to work. What? I don't want to go to what you call work. I want to go to what I call work, which is right here at my easel. Oh. Well, might I ask, who's going to pay you for it? I don't know. Where's the rent money? Not to mention all the other money going to come from. I don't know. For 15 years, I've worked to support this family. Now you can get a job and do it. Well, here you are, having a quiet, peaceful breakfast with your husband of 15 years, who has been a quiet and peaceful person. And without warning, out of nowhere, he makes an announcement that will change your life. I'm not so sure we'll have a quiet and peaceful second act. We go through life, and we set a pattern. If nature abhors a vacuum, then human nature avoids a novelty. Despite what we say, we don't really want anything new. We really prefer the tried and the true. We like life situations that don't surprise. And we'd rather have friends who don't shock us. So when somebody breaks the pattern of a lifetime, he shouldn't expect people to be happy about it. What did you say? You heard what I said. For 15 years, I've worked to support this family. Now you can go out and do it. Oh, that's what I thought you said. I'm glad you understand it. But what I understand is that you're either serious or you're sick. If you're serious, I'm going to see a lawyer. If you're sick, 
I'll call a doctor. I should have known I couldn't talk to her. I haven't been able to talk to her in years. I looked at her face, I listened to her voice, and both were filled with righteous indignation. Righteous. Her righteousness was a trap, a cage, and I was imprisoned inside. Imprisoned? What's the only word? And it's true. Well, of course it's true. Each of us is his own jail. That's the worst kind there is. Yes, Howard, and it'll soon be too late for you. Maybe. You have to do something now. Well, you seem more concerned about it than I am. Why? Oh, because it's too late for me. The many years I was able to do just what you're doing now, promised myself that one day I would make the break, change my life. And then one day came... It wasn't the day I expected. It's the day I realized I could never do it. And that's the day you admit your life is over. Are you telling me your life is over? The life that would have meaning will never be lived. Oh, things can't always work out. Things never work out. They have to be worked out by us, by ourselves. So what can you do if you just took a wrong turn somewhere? I think I would have been reconciled to it. Failure. But I caught a glimpse of Xanadu. Xanadu? You never read Coleridge's poem? Oh. They say he saw it in a dream. He wrote the poem in a dream. It was all a vision. In Xanadu did Kubla Khan a stately pleasure dome decree where out the... the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea. I remember. Xanadu. It's where we are when we're filled, bursting, exploding with a spirit of creativity. Oh, I saw Xanadu. Sure. You remember the last lines? Beware, beware, his flashing eyes, his flaming hair. Weave a circle round him thrice and close your eyes with holy dread. For he on honeydew hath fed and drunk the milk of paradise. Yes. Yes, I remember. And do you know who he is, the one the poet calls he? No. An artist, Howard. Any artist who has suddenly been embraced by the muses. Have you ever known that feeling? You said you saw Xanadu. What is it? Where is it? Oh, I don't know what it is exactly. But I know where it is. Or I know where you can see it. Show me. Neither of us said another word. We walked out of the saloon. We got into his car. And he started to drive. We headed north. Out of the city into the foothills. And finally, into the mountains. I don't know where we went. But we kept climbing. Then, finally, we came to a place where there was no more road. We left the car. And we walked to the very top of the mountain. You can see the whole city from here. Yes, but what city is it? What city? It's... It's not... It's not the city we know, is it? It's daylight. It's daylight in that city. It's always daylight there. But this is nighttime. It's always nighttime here. It's Xanadu. 
Mr. Gordon, it's it's Zanabu. Yes. I'm going down there. No, wait. For what? Now, uh, consider it. Aren't you the one who keeps telling me to do it? Yes, but... What about what? Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps you you don't have the courage. No. No, it's more than courage. It's... It's what? I, I don't know. Maybe it's what you have to have. What you have to be. A damsel with a dulcimer in a vision once I saw. Listen. Listen. There she is. I see her. Now, wait. Isn't that what I've been doing all my life, waiting? Before you go, be sure... Be sure of what? Now, don't try to stop me. You're jealous because it's too late for you. But it's not too late for me. I could only hear the music. I could only see the girl who was playing it. She had long black hair and flashing black eyes. She wore a long, pretty white dress. And she was sitting on a marble bench in a beautiful garden. Hello? Oh, please don't stop playing. But I've come to the end of the song. Well, then begin another one. My name is Marla. Marla. That's that's very pretty. And so are you. Uh, What's your name? Howard. Howard Spurlow. Welcome to Xanadu. Xanadu. And to think it's just down from the mountain. What mountain? There. Well, there was a mountain over there just before. Are you going to stay here? Will they let me? They? I mean, the the people who run this place. Oh, no one runs this place. Well, then how do things get done? Oh, what things are you talking about? Well, things, you, you know. This beautiful garden. Who tends this beautiful garden? And food. Who grows the food? And the dress you're wearing. Who made it? Who sells it? So many questions. Are there answers? Of course. People. That's just my point. Who tells these people what to do? Nobody tells anybody what to do. And why do they do it? Because it's right. The man who cultivates this garden, for instance. Yes. Why does he do it? Because he's better at it than anyone else. Suppose he says one day, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to paint pictures. But he can't paint pictures. Who told him? Well, no one had to tell him. He knows himself. What do you do? I make music. Oh. Do you make a living at it? What's that? Uh, do they pay you? Oh, why should anyone pay me? Don't they pay the fellow who cultivates the garden? The one who made your dress? Well, why should they be paid? Well, because... Because... Do you mean people around here work for nothing? Oh, no. Everyone works to fulfill himself, to satisfy his need for creativity. Well, who decides who gets what? I, I don't understand. How did you get this dress, for instance? Oh, I asked someone to make it for me. And that's all? Sometimes, perhaps. He may wish to hear some music for an hour or so, and then I shall play for him. Uh, well, what do you do? Uh, I paint. An artist? I always wanted an artist. What do you mean you always wanted an artist? Especially one that was young. I'm not exactly that young. Are you living with anyone? Well, uh... Would you like to live with me? She took my hand, and we started to walk. We came to a street, a shining street. It was filled with people, everyone dressed in white robes. Everyone except me. Still, no one took any notice of what was surely my strange clothes. Then we came to a place that looked like a large 
door. There were all kinds of things inside. She introduced me to a, a very tall man with very white hair. Oh, this is Howard. I am happy to know you, Howard. Howard is an artist. Then he will want an easel, canvas, paints, brushes. Yes, everything, but, but I can't pay for anything just yet. Pay? I tried to explain. No one pays. Actually, everyone does pay. You will bring me a painting. I think I understand. I loaded myself with supplies. And Marla picked out all sorts of delicious fruits and wonderful-looking things to eat. And we went home. Home was a lovely little house, surrounded by those spots of greenery that I'd read about in the poem. It was so peaceful. It was so beautiful. The next morning, I set up my easel. I couldn't wait to get started. You begin early. Yes. What shall you paint? Oh, the trees, the river. Oh, I like that. And I like you. Do you? Really? Yes. The moment I saw you, I knew I would like you. Do you like me? Yes, very much. <laughs> Tell me, Marla, is this a, a dream? Is what a dream? There's all of this. There's this place here. Well, how can it be a dream? Where do you come from? Where? Were you born here? Oh, no. No one is born here. Everyone must come from someplace. I... I came here because the only thing I ever wanted to do was make music. It was the only time I was ever happy. Then where do you come from? You must come from somewhere. Yes. Well, where? I don't know. How can you not know? I, I don't remember. How is that possible? You can only be here because you were very unhappy somewhere else. Unhappy and unfulfilled. Shall I play for you? Yes, I'd like that. Marla? Yes? The two of us. Are you saying that we can spend the rest of our lives painting pictures, playing music, and, and making love? Yes. Are you sure there isn't a catch to it somewhere? the cynical among you are always looking for the angle, the provisions that are buried deep in the small print. But isn't it possible that something's on the level just once? I most devoutly hope so. But the answer will be revealed in the place that is specifically constructed for answers. Our third act. Look at it this way. According to the Bible, mankind began in the Garden of Eden, or paradise, or utopia. It amounts to the same thing. And the simple fact is that man and woman just couldn't appreciate a good thing. So, they simply threw it away. Ever since, we've been trying to get back in. We've been trying to build toward another paradise or utopia. Assuming we can establish one... Who is to say we simply won't throw it away this time, too? Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. I never knew I could paint like this. Oh. That is, I hoped I could, but 
This is the first time I... Oh, everyone will love it. Are you sure? Darling, obviously it's a masterpiece. What's going to happen to it? You you owe it to Alder for the supplies. Then what will he do with it? I don't know. He'll trade it to someone for something. And yet it's a masterpiece. Oh, of course. On a canvas, say $4. The easel, $25. The paints, the brushes... Everything doesn't come to more than $50. All right, all right, say 60 <laughs> Darling, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a masterpiece. And all I'll be getting for it is $60. Not even in cash. But I... A masterpiece. And Alder could give it away for two pounds of pork chops. Why should that matter? <laughs> you don't understand. Well, what matters is that everyone who sees the painting will want to have it. It will go from hand to hand... Making so many people happy. Well, it's a masterpiece. You said so yourself. Of course. Sixty bucks for a masterpiece. Oh, what are sixty uh, bucks? Oh, skip it. I don't know what that means either. But I do know you're you're unhappy. Um. Oh, let, let's just forget it. But there's no reason to be unhappy. All the time you were painting, you were filled with such joy. Just the act of doing it, you'd think that. Payment enough. Well, you don't understand, Marla. And the payment never ends. It continues for as long as you live. Every time someone sees it, is moved by it, loves it, wants it, you are paid again. And again and again. She was right. We brought the painting to Aldous. He loved it. Everybody loved it. I don't know who bought it or what he gave, but everybody was talking about it. And it was going from hand to hand, and everybody complimented me. They said that I was truly a great artist, and I knew it. I I, I felt it. But why wasn't I happy? I had my work. I had a beautiful woman who absolutely adored me. Howard? Oh, Howard? Oh. Yes, what? Darling, you were just sitting there, staring at the canvas. You haven't put your brush to it in almost an hour. Were you sleeping? No, I'm just thinking. You're... You're not happy. Why do you say that? Well, you seem to be so far away. What are you thinking about? Sixty bucks. Oh, what did you say? Oh, nothing. Oh, my darling. Look at this new one. Yes. It's almost finished. I know. How quickly you work. Yeah. Do you know what it shows? That you know what you're doing. The colors, Howard. Oh, the colors. Darling, you must finish and bring it to order. Oh, how this will enrich the world. Yeah. Well, it sure isn't going to enrich me. So I finished it. Then I painted another. And I finished that one, too. Oh, my brain was whirling with ideas. I was constantly making notes and sketching. Oh, there were so many things I wanted to do. I was overwhelmed with the sheer joy of creation. But there were those times when I wasn't creating, when I wasn't painting, and I wasn't very joyful. What was the matter with me? Oh, please, tell me, Howard. I've told you so many times. Oh, please, don't be angry with me. These 
potatoes are worth thousands. Don't you understand? But, my darling, what would you do with those thousands? Well, I could buy whatever I wanted. But you can have whatever you want now. It's not the same thing. Why? You... You want to go back, don't you? I know. I remember when I first came here... I wanted to go back also. Look, I'm not saying Every that Every one of us wants to find Xanadu. And when we find it, we want to leave it. Do you want to know why? We're not used to getting our heart's desire. So we don't know what to do with it. Oh, it, it isn't that. But it passes. We lose ourselves in our work and in our joy. Well, the truth is that I have responsibilities. I had them too. Marla, I must tell you. I have a wife and children. I know that. Darling, why are you so afraid to paint, to live, to love? You do all of them so well. I brought another picture to Alder. Alder, this very tall, very old man. He looked as if he knew every secret in the world. Could I talk to him? I know you're not happy, Howard. I'm not exactly unhappy. You want to go back. What are you doing here, Alder? Living. And what else? Isn't living enough? Well, you could live back where you came from. Could I? I don't know, Alder. I just don't know. Xanadu is not for everybody. What's the matter with me? It isn't you. I suppose it's mankind. For so many thousands of years, the human race has had to live with tension, frustration, insecurity, fear. Who knows? These things may have become bred into us. Like the color of our skin, the size of our body. Perhaps we cannot live without fear and frustration. Some of us. But if... I'm only saying that if I did want to go back, would it be possible? Isn't everything possible? Well, how would I do it? How did you get here? Well, I, I saw a vision. Do you have a vision of the place from which you came? A vision of the place from which I came. Yes, the apartment where I lived with Anna and the children. Suddenly I saw Anna in a new light. She wasn't mean or ill-tempered. She was just a woman who had become sour with disappointment. She'd had to work too hard because I didn't work hard enough. We got married when we were very young. And when that first excitement faded, there was nothing to hold us together. We never communicated with each other. And now we would not only communicate, we would understand each other, help each other. Yes, it would be different, so different. I could see the difference. I could see a new Anna, a new life for us both. I could see it. Anna. Where have you been? Oh, Anna, Anna, listen, it was marvelous. You just up and take off without so much as a buy your leave. I had the cops looking for you. Where were you? In Xanadu. And where's that? I don't know. Oh, don't pull that. You won't get away with it. I have such a great new insight. Huh? What's her name? I saw it all so clearly. 
We let the early magic fade. Who is she? I was always afraid to paint scared. Are you going to tell me? Frightened to make the commitment. So I kept putting it off year after year. What makes you think you can just come and go? But now I know. I know I can paint. Yeah? Yes. I'm a painter. I know it now. When you see. So that's what did it, huh? Well, you better go out tomorrow morning and get a new job. Because you already lost your old one. And as far as that painting nonsense goes... Nonsense? You call that nonsense? Yes. Grow up. You don't have it. Anna? You never had it. Well, if you did, you were too scared or too stupid to do it. Is it possible you don't understand what I I'm... I do understand. I'd get a job scrubbing floors, washing clothes, anything to support this house. If you really wanted to be a painter... I am a painter. Huh? Well, where are your paintings? Where's your work? A painter... From now on, it'll be different. Why? You'll still be scared to compete, to face the judgment of the world. It's too late. I won't give up my dream. Oh, poor Howard. Poor foolish Howard. That's exactly why you should give it up. It's only a dream. Mr. Gordon? What? Why, it's Howard. Look, Mr. Downey, it's Howard. You have to help me, Mr. Gordon. Oh, you can always count on my help, but first tell me what happened to you that night. What happened? I I don't remember very much. Of course, we were both a couple of sheets to the wind. Listen, Mr. Gordon. Well, we must have been. As I recall, we drove up to some mountain and started to recite that uh, that poem by Corey. Please. Kubla Khan. Uh, and the next thing I remember is you shouting, I see it, I see it. And you just... Ran down the hill. That was the very last I saw of you till this very moment. Whatever did happen to you? I saw it, Mr. Gordon. I saw it. What? Xanadu. Xanadu? I not only saw it, I, I entered it. I lived there. I worked there. And I met a girl there. Oh, now, just wait a minute. Now. Like a fool, I left it. But I want to go back. I must go back. You sure it wasn't a, a dream? No, don't start that. It was real. Well, it couldn't be real. It wasn't even real to Coleridge. It was real to me. And I have to go back. Back to Xanadu and back to Marla. Now, please listen. No to one me. in this world will keep me from Marla. Just show me where that hill was. The hill? The hill, the mountain, whatever it was we climbed. On the other side was Xanadu. On the other side was an illusion, a dream. I that... want to go back to Marla. Back to Zanadu. But there's no such person in no such place. Don't say that. I have to say it, Howard. It's the truth. It's a lie. You, you say that again, I'll kill you. Now, now, wait a minute, Howard. Don't. Please, Mr. Gordon, take me back to the hill. I don't know what hill you mean. You're lying. I said I'd kill you. But I don't know. You don't believe what I told you. But, uh, I... but if... That's a gun. I want to go back to Marla. Oh, Where's the hill? I, I don't know. I, I don't... Hey, 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 how can you be sure? Tell me and see. All right, then. I'll tell you. And he told him. I don't know if his 
his attorney believed him, but it was the only defense he could plead, and he presented it in court. The jury didn't know what to think. They voted guilty because of insanity and turned the whole thing over to the psychiatrists, who didn't know what to think either. But they get paid to be confused and come up with learned judgments. And there the matter must rest until I return shortly. inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.